Mike and Cambria, thank you so much. That's so fun to see some of the things we do here and uh, the other end of it. Um, so thank you so much for that. Uh, I appreciate that. <clears throat> Mike, you had, uh, used the passage of Scripture, so thanks for cooperation of tying right in with what we're going to be talking about. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you were to think of uh, your family and um, you were supposed to try to describe your family. So don't right now, but what is, you start thinking of certain words, right? If I describe my family, not the one growing up, the one right now, um, crazy seems to jump into my head. I, I don't know why. Um, loving, right? We, we want commitment in our families. Um, but the reality is when we think of our families and what would describe our family, there's two focuses. One is the immediate and these things we are, but there's also the future that says we want to keep maintaining what we are as a family, so we'll keep pursuing that very thing. And so if you were thinking immediate family, you communicate with your children, you're like, we're a committed family, we, we're committed to one another, we don't leave each other, um, we help each other when down, we're committed to one another. I'm sure every parent here has tried to, to, to hammer that home in their kids. We love one another. We want to love well. We want to be known as a family that loves well. And so we do that now, but there's all, we can always do it better, right? That's the type of thing with our family. Um, it, likewise, it's true with our church. And so if we were to think, how would you describe Elam? We would describe some things right now. And those things that we describe right now, a lot of them are things we want to continue to pursue. That's what makes your family unique because there's things you're pursuing and it's what make, makes Elam unique. There's a, we were at the fair yesterday and, and I was walking around the fair with Emily, my youngest daughter, and um, as we were walking down, she goes, Dad, there's the diaper dash. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're little kids, they race. Like, I'm like, this has got to be great. I've never seen a diaper dash. So we went down there and Emily and I are looking for the bookie because we're ready to put money on this one kid. But, they, but there was no gambling, I go figure. And uh, so there we are, and there's this kid. Mom's, he's just going. He's taking off, false starts. It's not even his turn yet. Emily are like, this kid is going to clean house, okay? So there they are. This is their heat. And uh, they had heats. It was amazing. And so they got these real little kids, and uh, they'd have somebody holding them, and then mom, it was always mom, would go on the other end, and they're going to kind of like, come here, that type of thing. This kid's going to crush it, right? Go, he doesn't move. I mean, he literally, and then finally he's kind of looking around, takes one step. Emily and I are like, oh, we would have lost the house on this kid. And uh, all ready to go. I mean, just to take off and, and nothing. I mean, just had nothing. We don't know what's going on. All that energy and stuff, and he wore out, we don't know. But he just didn't move. And uh, in our families and in the church, we don't want to be like that. I mean, we, we don't want to be like all, these, all this energy and we're all ready to go, we're all ready to go, and then, then nothing. Or we don't want to live our life that way where we start to go and all of a sudden we're like, well, I don't know, maybe not. And because the, the reality is we have a Savior who's saying, come on. You're my church. Come on. Be faithful to my call in your life. And the call is a great commission. We know from the scriptures that 
the 11 are there. And we also know there's over 500 who saw the resurrected Christ. And Jesus says, come on, we got a meeting. And he, he starts out the meeting by says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. In other words, the reason we're here is because I have authority to call you to be here. And should anyone question that, I just want you to know I'm in charge. I call the shots. And because I call the shots, I dictate the mission. And the mission is I want you to go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And the reason I want you to teach them all that I've commanded you is because I'm the head of the church. I commanded you. So go, which means don't stay, which means move. Don't stay like that little kid. Go. We're called to go into all the world. And it's an amazing thing Jesus did is he said, okay, here's the commission. Now I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. What do you mean wait? You just told us to go. It's like he's hanging on to the kid, right? All ready to go. He's hanging on. He says, just wait. Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Because this command I've given you is impossible. Impossible. Unless my spirit comes and indwells you. And then watch out. And really what developed was a church just exploded. The birth of the church, Pentecost. As the Holy Spirit came and indwelt his church. And that church began to live out. We read a beautiful account and acts of, of what it looked like when the Spirit of God gets a hold of people. I love Acts. Gets my blood going. It's so exciting to see what God's doing. And as you and I evaluate Elam Unique, we need to consider that commission and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And what's that going to look like if you and I are going to be faithful to run towards the Savior as we serve in our life here on earth? So what should we be? What, do we, what needs to be a part of who we are, our, D, our DNA, if I may? Well, there's some things. We start with Matthew 28, which gives us the first one. Jesus tells his followers, us, a family, that we have a mission. It's what helps define us as a church, a family on a mission. And that mission is specific. Jesus said, this mission, this commission, is to drive you. It's to drive your energy, your efforts, your plans. You're supposed to be people on a mission. It's supposed to drive his people. His mission was his passion. His commission needs to be a compelling passion of his called out ones, the family of God. Because an obedient church, an obedient Christian is one who's on a mission. The mission Jesus gave. Who's the head of our church. And a live church a live family is one who's on a mission, seeking lost people, teaching God's word, encouraging and moving people towards maturity. I think one of the great calamities today for the church in America is it's pretty easy and there seems to be a drift towards being a nice church that lives on a nice street. It just seems like there's a pole and it's comfortable. It's nice to be nice. We don't want to be disliked. Just so it's pretty tempting to stay comfortable or to stay at the starting point where that young little boy is. And so, but we're not called to be that. Reality is we're kind of called in the middle of chaos to not be a part of the chaos, to bring light to the chaos and the darkness. And so it's not comfortable what we're called to do. 
But we're called to be people on a mission. If you, and, and what does it look like? Okay, practically speaking, what does it look like to be a person, a church on a mission? It's, it's answering a question a little different. If you were to ask a person at church, what do they do? Some might say, you know, I work with the youth. I work with children. I teach a doctrine class or I lead a growth group. That's what I do. But people on a mission answer it different. The children worker says, I don't just teach children. I'm impacting the next generation for the kingdom of God. That's what I'm doing. That's a different answer. The person who works on Wednesday night says, you know, I'm not just showing up on Wednesday night to herd kids. What I'm doing is to bring the light of Jesus Christ and the light of young people, young children, so that when they're considering who Jesus is and what that life would look like, they can look at me, not as a perfect example, but as one who's on a mission and following Jesus Christ. Those are different answers. One's mission-driven, one's duty-driven. If we're going to be a church, a family God wants, we're family on a mission. It's what we are right now, and it's what we're going to continue to pursue. And so we're about mission as a family. We're also about making disciples, which involves a process. You don't all of a sudden hit a switch and become a fully follow, devoted follower of Jesus. I love Colossians 1, 28 through 29. It says, He is the one we proclaim, Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, it's a process. In a personal sense, discipleship's the growth process by which we as Christians seek to bring all of our lives under the lordship of Jesus Christ. In a corporate disciple-making sense, a development, the church is a developmental process of the local church, the local gathering, local family, by which Christians are brought from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity so they can reproduce that process in others. It's ongoing. In other words, as people pour into your life, a disciple reproduces in lives of others. That's what we do. I had a great phone call with, from a, a, a friend of mine named Terry. Terry's very special to me. He was in the youth group when I was youth pastor. And uh, we would spend, this is true, he was a high school student, and he would meet once a meet, week at 6.30 in the morning. We'd meet at the Renegade restaurant and do Bible study. All through high school. And Terry, we also met later some leadership stuff after he graduated and, and kind of a, a few more progression steps, and he wound up, he's a pastor, he called me this week, and sharing some of the stuff going on in ministry, and there's the reproduction. All because the Spirit of God got a hold of this young man, Terry. And God's working mighty things in his life. That's discipleship. So how would we define Elam? Not just a church on a mission, but a church that's intentional in the process of making disciples, where it's the intentionality of the foundation of Bible doctrine, the growth groups, um, the children's ministry. We have Awana coming, very intentional in what we do in Awana. Our youth, we're about intentional discipleship. We are now, and we're going to continue to pursue that because that's who Elam is. If you define Elam, we're intentional in the process 
of disciple-making. But there's another element that would define Elam now, and we want it to continue and even increase, is that is we want to be a church that equips and releases. It's an important element. Sometimes we don't really know what that always looks like as we're trying to seize opportunities God brings. I have found the more mechanical a church is and the more a well-oiled machine it is, they're usually missing a whole lot of opportunities because the focus is on keeping the machine running perfectly, not on seizing what the Holy Spirit has. And so there's that part of it. But we are intentional to entrain and equip God's people so they can seize those opportunities. So God can use them. And there can be confidence and intentionality. And equipping is taking place with our youth, our children's workers. We just had a couple just return from Moana training. Jake and Bethany. Leadership training. We just have a group of guys right now finishing up a year-long training process. I'm excited. We're going to talk about them in a couple weeks. Women's mentoring is taking place. Equipping women. Uh, Dan led evangelism training a couple months ago. Training. It's a part of who we are at Elam. It's going to continue. It's part of who we are. It's part of how you define us. We, as a church, as a family, train, equip, and release. And as followers, we're also called to live by faith, with eyes on the future, pursuing growth. But the reality is when we think about serving with the eyes of faith, do we need to get in the reality of the world we live in? We live in an incredibly negative world that says it can't be done. I mean, a lot of times you'll drop a good idea or something, and, and all of a sudden it's like, man, it's impossible. Can't do it. It's the culture we live in. We live in a fearful world, afraid to take steps of faith. You know, you've heard this, oh, we can't do that. Economy's tanking. World's collapsing. Our morals are horrible. Political realms falling apart. And so it's this going to fall apart mindset. It's this this negative mindset we live in. We live in a complacent world that plan themselves into mediocrity, content staying in the same place. But when we, his church, live with a God-directed vision, there's no need to be frightened, no reason to be intimidated, because we have a God with him, all things are possible. And so as a church, our identity is we're a church that has vision. Now there is factors we consider when we think about living and serving with vision. Our community we live in. When I came from the community in um, Sparta, Wisconsin, totally different community, amazing. We wouldn't do some of the things there we do here and vice versa. Different community. We need to consider our community as we consider our vision. The God's gifts to the body here at Elam. How has God gifted the body? Where are we strong? What can we leverage for the kingdom? We need to consider that. Resources available. How does God resource Elam? How can we take those resources and invest them in the kingdom? We need to consider opportunities. What opportunities does God give us? What's he leading us to do? But one church, in Elam unique, is that we always keep our eyes on the next generation. It's never about just now. It's also about the next generation. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and keep going. Reach into the next generation, invest. That's why we have VBS coming. We don't want just little people coming to have fun, although they're going to do that ton of that. They're going to hear about Christ. They're going to hear about his death and his resurrection. 
going to hear about a relationship with him. And when we invest in that, we're investing in the next generation. That's what visionary churches do. That's what Elam does. We, as a church family, are about vision. And those without vision are left to a narrow, restrictive perspective where obstacles are always bigger than God. That's not who we are. We're a church that has vision. And from last week's message, Jesus' prayer, Paul's warnings in Titus to a divisive people was rooted in Jesus' value of unity. Jesus prayed for unity so you and I would experience the purity, the beauty, and the power of unity. And the call was, if you were here last week, if you remember, was to walk in grace. To walk in grace. I asked each of you to commit to that. Right where you were, in your chair. I had someone come up and say to me after the service and said, I think if you would have asked everyone who's committed to raise their hand, I sensed everybody would have raised them. I would agree with that. The commitment is that we as a family would be a church that values unity and walks in grace. It's what we do now and it's what we're going to continue to do. The wonderful thing about the church is we get to do it together. I mean, Jesus could have commissioned us like buckshot and said, go and just, just go. You're on your own. He said, no, I, I have my chosen instrument to reach the world, to offer hope. It's called my church, my called out ones. And I call you together to serve together, to love together. That's why there's so many one another's. We're called together. And the promise of Jesus is when we do it together, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. That's a pretty cool promise when we do it together. When we're unified, when we walk in grace, he is greater than all the obstacles we could ever face. Standing together in his power, we win victories for the kingdom. So how do we define Elam? A church that values unity and walks in grace. That's who we are. That's our family. That's how we want to define Elam. That's what we're doing right now, and that's where we're going to continue to pursue an even greater measure. Because that's who we uniquely are as a church, as a family, people on a mission, intentional in the process of disciple-making, training and releasing people to impact others, to live and serve together with vision, and to be people who value unity and walk in grace. This is our family. I'm proud, proud to be a part of that family today. I hope you are as well. If you're new here or visiting, don't feel awkward in this moment. Okay, I just, this is, this is for the family. Or if you're coming and you're like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Um, here's what I'd like you to do. If you'd like to be a part of this family and to pursue what we're called to be as one, to pursue this identity, would you stand? And I want to pray together. Go ahead. You've got to stand before I pray. Whoever's in, who's ever in this thing. And let's just, let's ask God to propel us forward. Jesus, we praise you, our head. You are the head of this church. You purchased us with your blood. We thank you for your call in our life. We thank you for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit personally and corporately in our midst.
Lord, we confess we haven't been faithful. We haven't always done what you wanted us to. We, we would confess we've been sidetracked. We confess there's times, Lord, that we've dragged our feet. But God, we want to be faithful. We want to respond to your call that together we would pursue all that you have for us. We would pursue your call to be a church on a mission, intentional, living with vision and faith. And God walking together in unity and grace. And so we together commit to being the family you want. We commit to mission that you gave to walk in grace, to walk in unity, so that in all things you are praised, Jesus, our Lord. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated.